0: always mistakenly british teen crumpets cheerio but he's really a canuck known on all seven continents
1: oh i know who you are
0: america's undocumented
1: anchorman he's a recording star and a tv star tuesdays james golden aka Bose nerdly presents
0: mark stein we open up the show today with America's Anchorman. Reason, there's so much news, and so much of it only Mark Stein <laughs> might be able to address. We have had a busy week. We've had a coronation. We've had another ruling from the off people. But <laughs> we have a jury verdict in New York now. A jury has found Donald Trump liable for sexual abuse. They have awarded the E.G. EG Carroll person $5 million, but buried in the second paragraph of the AP story, second paragraph, not the lead, the verdict was announced in the federal courtroom in New York City on the first day of jury deliberations. Juries, jurors rejected Carroll's claims, that she was raped. But, but, but! They found Trump liable for sexual abuse and for defaming Carol after she made her allegations public. Wait a minute. What do you mean they rejected her claims that she was raped? Shouldn't, Mark, shouldn't that have been the end of this entire matter?
1: Well, uh, in in, uh, court cases in most of the rest of the common law world, you don't have this great range of uh, of crimes, you can find the defendant uh, guilty of. So in this case, the jury was to, to whether he, um, he'd raped her, whether he'd sexually abused her, or whether I think he'd molested her. And they, as you say, they d- decided that he didn't rape her, but that he did sexually abuse her. Now I, I have a big problem with a lot of these uh so called historic cases. In this case, uh the plaintiff can't remember whether it was in nineteen ninety five or nineteen ninety six. I would I I find that surprising. But the reality is the jury's reached its verdict and uh and Trump has to decide whether he's gonna appeal it. It's a civil case, of course, which means the it's not beyond a reasonable doubt. It's simply on the so-called preponderance of the evidence. But the fact is, you know, in realistic terms, if this were any other politician, it would finish the guy forever. Uh, with Trump, realistically, I mean, that's how, um, that's how skeptical Trump's base is of anything that is alleged of him. The fact of the matter is it's unlikely to impede him sailing on and cruising to the Republican nomination. OK, so.
0: She can't remember, as you said, she doesn't remember what year it was. Donald Trump has said, I wasn't I I don't even remember this woman, frankly. Uh, there are so many people on social media that are saying this is another one of these cases of Kavanaugh where women are coming up decades, decades after some event allegedly happened, making a claim. And do you think that this is going to have any sort of, uh, that this is going to put the brakes in any way, or will it encourage more people to come up decades after they claim something has happened and try to press a case, especially if it's in the p- political or the judicial uh, sphere?
1: Well, look, there's a reason there's a statute of limitations in in most uh, instances. You know, uh, depending on what particular crime it is, uh, you've got a year to think about whether you want to bring charges. There's a reason for that. It becomes very difficult, apart from anything else, to defend yourself against a claim Uh, that you raped someone in a dressing room in Bergdorf, in Bergdorf Goodmans, but you can't, the plaintiff can't remember whether it was 1995 or 1996. Now, Eugene Carroll is a, a famous person. She was famous then. It was 30 years ago. So, I don't want to be ungallant but she was already a 50-year-old <laughs> woman well she was well that's the point she's a 50-year-old celebrity plaintiff in a prominent position and I find it odd that if the rape had occurred as she alleged that she didn't bring charges then that was certainly you know we're not talking as we are with some of these ancient uh, cases you know that all oh, it happened in. it happened to me in 1957 before there was a feminist movement or anything she was a prominent feminist in 1995 or 1996 and i find that you know as i said i find it i i i the, there is a reason why for most uh for most legal complaints you have to file in a timely manner I mean, I'm just uh, doing uh, a case in uh, in London at the moment, where you've got three months to decide whether you wish to press your claim. So th- this idea that you can simply uh, leave it and let the decades roll by, I-, I do think, is disquieting. But the point is, you know, um, Trump Trump didn't feel. I mean, I, Trump didn't feel he had to make any defence to this. Basically, the defence didn't felt there was no case to answer. And it is and and I'm not unsympathetic to that because I'm not sure how you would prove uh whether or not you were in Bergdorf Goodman thirty years ago when uh the plaintiff can't even narrow it down to a particular calendar year. I don't know how you uh try to prove a negative. Yeah, I I've been in Bergdorf Goodman. Uh, but it was, it wasn't in 1995 or 1996. It was in, uh, 1993. I don't know how you defend yourself against the charge that, uh, non-specific.
0: All right. Now, if you are one of the few people that has decided you want to run for president, what do you do? (laughs) If, if you're Tim, uh, Tim Scott's got the exploratory commission, unless he's announced, and I didn't, and I missed it. Uh, Nikki Haley has, has announced, Asia Hutchison has announced. <laughs> um, <and laughs> well, look, I understand. I mean, <laughs> what do you do? Do you say, OK, here's a guy that 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 do you bring up this grab him by the thingy again? Because that was one of the things that apparently may have influenced this this jury. Do you go do you attack Donald Trump using this as a weapon?
1: Well, I think you can. What I find uh, slightly telling, and so I speak here as a granite stater, a resident of New Hampshire, and as I said to you a week or two back, James, I'm astonished. I've never known a primary season like this where it's possible to go down to the uh, town general store and not run into presidential candidates. In theory, uh, uh big big shot Republicans ought to be jumping into the race. Uh and they're not jumping into the race. You mention Asa Hutchinson, he's a joke. And I, I actually think I, I I'm sorry, but I also find him, you know, uh on the whole transgender basis, I don't think there's anything conservative about running uh, as a guy who's in favor of the, uh, you know, physical mutilation of middle school girls, which is what Asa Hutchinson's doing in his state. I think Nikki Haley is a faintly ridiculous figure. I think she has huge problems in that she's one of those people the media like. But uh, in, in in my experience of her, I think just regular people, certainly the typical New Hampshire voter, Think she's one of those politicians who just says whatever, she's a finger in the windy type, who just says whatever she thinks will get her a decent press. These are not serious people. They're, these are not big shot challengers to Trump. All the big shot. I mean, people have been writing for months as if it's Trump versus DeSantis, but DeSantis hasn't jumped in the race and it is getting awful late now. So I I I think we're in a very weird you know I I said uh, on election after on the morning after election day 2020 uh when it when it became clear that uh, Trump were you know the votes these strange shifting vote patterns when new boxes of votes arrive in the middle of the night in key states uh, that uh, Trump should get his revenge and do a Grover Cleveland. But, you know, it isn't 1896 or whatever it was, and uh, it's actually a lot harder to do, uh, 1892, I think. It's actually a lot harder to do be Grover Cleveland now, or even be Adlai Stevenson, where you've lost, and then they say, oh, well, never mind, we're going to give you another chance to lose four years later that's that's not how presidential politics works now and yet everybody uh everybody has figured basically this nomination is trump's if he wants it and all the big shots are staring clear
0: okay now let us talk about your court case you had naomi wolf on your program dr naomi wolf i've had her on this program dr Mm -hmm. naomi wolf is is a very brilliant woman who has done a lot of research, and she has very strong views about COVID nineteen vaccines. Mm. Yet, yet this group, this Ofcom group, has found that you are in breach of broadcast <laughs> rules again. Because why Naomi made some claims about, yeah. and basically what she said was that the uh, the, the rollout of the COVID nineteen a vaccine amounted to a premeditated crime, mass murder. That many now, now, Mark, there is no question. I'm sorry if this upsets certain people that work in the pharmaceutical industries or in the media that get their advertising dollars from pharmaceutical companies. But I'm sorry, there has been ample evidence that there have been people that have died in close relation to taking the vaccine or have developed other health issues to the extent that that has happened. I don't know the full extent. I'm still asking questions about it. You have asked questions about it. I've seen some of the courage coverage. We've had this thing called sudden death where where athletes in their prime who have been vaccinated suddenly die. I have never said that there is a direct causation. I said this needs to be looked at. Yeah. Naomi Wolf has talked about this. What in the world are these people whining about now with you having Naomi Wolf on your program?
1: Well, because they're wedded to the 2020 propaganda narrative of these miracle vaccines, which are not miracles. They've actually been withdrawn in, in, in countries which are not so deeply invested in the propaganda. Uh, but, you know, real countries, Denmark, uh, Norway, uh, Finland, Switzerland, they Switzerland has basically ceased recommending any of these vaccines and says if you go ahead and take one of these vaccines, you're on your own. Now, in the UK, they're particularly invested in the propaganda and they have this state sensor called Ofcom that can come and get you. Uh, in the United States, as you say, it's a lot more to do with pharmaceutical advertising. And certainly uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Um, said to me just the other day that uh, it's not a coincidence that Tucker has him on his show and Tucker uh, starts talking about this. And what do you know, just a few days later, there's no more uh, Tucker Carlson show. Uh, but the fact the fact is we have some very weird official statistics at the moment all around the world in the Canadian province of Alberta the leading cause of death is cause unknown that's not normal that's that's not normal for a Come developed on. society uh, right. I, I, mm-hmm. if you look at uh, England and Wales they basically had for the last year um, over a thousand per week. Uh, um, extra deaths. You know, in other words, more a thousand more deaths than normal every week for a year, and it's basically in the young adult category. It's 30, 30 to forty-nine year olds. Now we had the American Institute of Actuaries or what it, or whatever it's called, which came up with the same thing: extraordinary amount of excess death between 25 and 54 year olds in other words the young and middle aged and and there has to be a reason for that and until governments actually start to figure out what the reason is in a free society people should be entitled to speculate she's done Naomi wolf has done more research than anybody on this she's got thousands of people working for her in a network all around the world, and she's gone through hundreds of thousands of Pfizer documents. Now, His Majesty's Government in London says, I'm not allowed to say that on television, so I'm going to sue His Majesty's Government and shove it up His Majesty's Government's flabby butt, because I think we need more honest conversation on this rather than less speaking of his
0: majesty's uh flabby uh, posterior uh this was coronation week this past week and the coverage was massive of course mm-hmm. the pageantry was massive in the uk and i just have a question for you i watched um a clips of it i didn't watch it live does it even matter anymore is this just is this just like a a, a circus show or does this coronation and and the king as the figurehead of the uk does it mean anything anymore mark
1: well it's a serious system of government um and if you look at the cato institute in washington when they compile their list of free nations uh i think in the current ranking six out of ten uh of the freest nations on earth are constitutional monarchies it's a serious system of government whether the king himself actually understands uh quite how serious it is is another matter but it's it's interesting it's it is interesting to me that even though nobody really likes the guy i I'd, i I'd, I'd put it like that there's not a lot of enthusiasm for him um, you know, his, his governments in Canada and Australia and elsewhere, uh, take, take the whole business seriously. The fact of the matter is, you know, yeah, it's not serious in the sense that the entirety of Western civilization is sliding off the cliff and, uh, we're all going to be in a big heap of rubble at the bottom. And the last thing we're going to be arguing about is whether your constitutional republic is my be- better than my constitutional monarchy because when we're all at the bottom of the cliff and uh, the Chinese and the Saudis and the Russians are running the planet it'll it'll just seem you know uh, uh, an irrelevant nuance or detail <laughs> but the thing is he th- he's not he's a king in a hurry he's he's waited for this for half a century he's an old man and he sees opportunity, in, particularly in his title as head of the Commonwealth, which is sort of a bit constitutionally dubious, but gives him a huge amount of latitude to monkey around in all kinds of public policy. And he's not going to waste his time on that.
0: We have to take a break. Mark Stein is with us. America's Undocumented Anchorman, the telephone number 800-848-WABC. Later on today, Scott Bale, the actor. You know Scott Bale. Happy days, Chachi. He's uh, getting the hell out of L.A., and he's going to tell us why. We're coming back with Mark Stein, Don't Go Away, coming right back. Happy birthday to Dave from Sam and Dave on WABC in New York. This is their big breakthrough out. Well, it's their big breakthrough single. Soul Man. And we have with us the soul man of the Commonwealth. I <laughs> <Yeah, Yeah, baby. laughs>
1: I always, ever since the nineteen ninety six election, I, I always hear that as Bob Dole's campaign theme. <laughs> I'm a Dole man, a, which he used to play at the beginning of his uh, oxymoronic rallies in New Hampshire, as the high school gym emptied out and people fled into. It was the mismatch between the the the, cam, the campaign theme and the candidate. Now was that before uh, he
0: started advertising for Viagra, or was it after? That was before he started the Viagra. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. Be- it,
1: it was before the uh, Viagra ads. But even he was then- the
0: he was the first. He was the first guy. He was the first real national spokesman for Viagra.
1: Yeah, no, I know that's what it. I mean, I uh, you know, I remember at the time, I I thought, well, maybe I could use Viagra. But I didn't want to find myself, uh, talking in the third person like Bob Dole did. You know, where he'd say, Bob Dole's going to run for president. Uh, Bob <laughs> Dole's going to campaign in. I thought that was, a, I assumed then afterwards that that was a side effect of Viagra. And I just didn't feel it was worth the trouble. So, uh, you know, uh, whatever it was, I forget what, what did they say on the ads? If symptoms persist for more than six hours? Well, you know, when you look, if you saw Bob Dole campaigning in New Hampshire, he was stiff for the whole day. Uh, when, <laughs> And I was, <laughs> I thought, whoa, I'm not going to go near that. <laughs> <It's>,
0: <laughs> oh. uh. Mark, we've had another one of these things. This time it's New York. This is uh, Jordan Neely, over 44 arrests. He was uh, schizophrenic, uh, reportedly suffered from schizophrenia and autism. Um, And, of course, this is a tragic death. He was acting out on the subway. The View co-host, Sonny Hoston, claims that us, people in the media, like us, mentioning the fact that he had a lengthy arrest record. But I also mentioned with that he had lengthy, lengthy mental health issues that were known to the city government, that were known to the state government. They knew that this man was unstable, yet they kept releasing him. But she says that we are re victimizing him and this is an argument that comes up every time there's one of these black white things that the media loves as their narrative. And they always and, and if the black guy has it, it was this way with George Floyd, it was Floyd, it was this way with the gentle giant whose name escapes me at the moment. It's been the way every time there's one of these cases, if there is an arrest record, if there's history with the law, we're not supposed to report on that. We're just supposed to pretend that none of that stuff existed. Does this. Uh, what is the point of hiding the truth? Is my question.
1: Well, because I think the uh, way these stories are presented are always basically dishonest. Um, you mentioned a couple of them. There have been cases where the only photograph you ever see of the person is like his high school yearbook for a photograph, where he. Right. Uh, uh instead of the one of him at 28 when he's a uh, young thug. In this case, he's being presented to us as a Michael Jackson impersonator. Everybody agreed within 10 minutes the, the most salient fact of this guy's life is that he used to do Michael Jackson moonwalking impressions. Now, w- the thing about it is it's only relevant to this lady at The View is because she and everybody else are second-guessing the decisions made by the guy riding the subway train. What's disgusting is that in a supposed first-world city, one of the most famous cities on the planet, if you ride the subway, uh, some guy comes up uh, and is uh, shouting and yelling and uh, obscenities, uh, and you're supposed to figure out, is he just a harmless nutter? Or is he suddenly going to lunge and sucker punch me? And people who just have done nothing but buy a token for to ride the subway shouldn't have to be in that uh, situation. Megan Kelly uh, played me a, a tape uh, when I was on her show of uh, a, a young couple with a like a two-year-old kid, and the kid is sitting there between them, terrified, as this guy, you know, possibly schizophrenic, possibly. Mentally ill is just yelling and swearing obscenities in their face. And as I said, you're down there. You're on your own. It's a lawless. It's an increasingly lawless city because the guys who run the city have incentivized lawlessness and have said that if you commit certain basic, we're not even talking broken windows anymore. We're saying if you walk into famous chain stores on Fifth Avenue and steal hundreds of dollars of Uh, merchandise, as a matter of policy, the city of New York has no interest in your crime. You're making things worse every day, and then you second-guess the guys down in the tunnels who have to live with the consequences of your failure of government.
0: Well, I know somewhere that has a bright and rosy uh, outlook unlike that. It is on a ship, a big ship, cruising up and down the Adriatic Sea, and it's in July. I'm yeah. going to be on that ship. In fact, uh, we're underway making the air reservations to get me to Italy right now so that I can be there. Oh, and Mark good. Stein, I'm looking forward to cruising with you in July. Tell folks how they can join us.
1: Yeah, they can join us by going to Mark Stein Cruise. That's all one word, marksteincruise.com. And we're going to be uh, put, leaving Italy, putting in at Croatia, Montenegro, the Greek islands. We're going to have a hell of a time. And uh, and I will say this, I think it's better than a ride on the New York subway.
0: Mark, thank you for spending so much time with us today. We appreciate it. My pleasure, James. See you next time. All righty. Mark Stein, ladies and gentlemen, S-T-E-Y-N, America's undocumented anchorman. We're coming back. Scott Bale joining us when we get back. Don't go away.